rock and roll. Kurt, I knew you'd do it, buddy. <laughs> I knew you'd do it. I laid my Vegas money down, man. I just knew it. I said I could feel your energy building for it. Uh, and that just really talking to you, you know, in the last couple times, you know, just the last podcast that we had together. Man, you were like, man, you were focused and I could feel it then. And then you were doing out there doing all of that winter brutal fishing that hardly anybody ever does. A lot of ice fishermen out there drilling holes and getting in their tents and stuff and sitting by heaters. But there's very few people out there on their kayaks in the middle of the river fishing. I had a feeling that was going to pay off. But did you plan on 30 degree weather at Watts Bar Lake? Well, once I saw the forecast, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even 30 degree weather. Man. It was like 19. Oh my God. Every morning we started in my car, it said 19 degrees. Oh my God. But you know, honestly, that's not that bad, dude. Well, you're used to it, right? Yeah, you're I mean, used to it? I was yeah. lucky. I'm not. Yeah, I was lucky in the fact that I was used to it. I was used to how you have to fish with all those clothes on. Because it may seem weird until you do it when you hear this, but when you put all those clothes on, I mean, we're talking, it's 19 degrees, you got a fair amount on if you're going to fish and be even remotely comfortable. To turn around is, is like an ordeal, right? <laughs> you know, just to spin around and look and do this and grab a pole. You can't just do that because you just got so much on that you're just kind of, you make it about a quarter of the way. Right. You know, your mobility goes way down. So how you cast changes, you know, so there's a lot to be said about that, that I didn't have to overcome. Right. You know, I didn't have to like readapt my style. This was just, I was very normal. I got the boots for it. I got the socks for it. I got the long underwear for it. I got the fleece pants for it. You know, I mean, it's... It was, it was pretty basic. So. You know, I never thought about that, but that's a real good point. And I bet a whole lot of people don't think about that until they're in that moment. Yeah. You know, my buddy Mitchell, Mitchell White, you know, he came down and did it. And, I mean, that was the first thing out of his mouth. He was just like, how do I cast? You know, because like, he, just, he just, you know, he, he's from Georgia, you know. I mean... Yeah, and he literally bought all the gear to do this. Right. You know what I mean? He bought the fleece pants and oh. the the rain suit. Got an extra, you know, double XL instead of you know what I mean. You got to buy it a size bigger than you normally would because you're layering so much underneath them and stuff. Did all that stuff. Bought boots and everything. You know, and your personal flotation device changes all of a sudden. Yeah, right? probably yeah. should have. You know, all of a sudden you got a tight personal flotation device on because you are layered up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I bet you, you know, that I counted on that. That was part of my Vegas wagering. Now, I felt there was going to be a lot of Louisiana, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Georgia fishermen, Tennessee fishermen that don't see weather like that. They're not counting on weather like that. Yeah. Man. And it was so sustained. That was the thing, man. Everyone I talked to is like, it, it will, it'll get that cold down in the nineteen in the teens for two nights, you know, and then it'll pop right back up. But it was it was weeks. It was weeks. <laughs> and it was weeks of it. Oh man! And it was you know, and 
I mean, it, you know, you know how this, how it was here in Cincinnati, and how Cincinnati was, you know, and we had that sleeting rain, yeah, the night before that turned into snow, right? I mean, that just, dude, you know, that killed a day of pre-fishing, right? Because I'd normally leave at three, four in the morning. I'd be down there by seven or eight o'clock, yeah, and then I'd fish to dark, so I'd get that full day, and where I had to wait, I had to, you know, first oh, shovel the driveway oh. out. You know, get all that ice broken up. And I was praying you wouldn't throw your back out. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't start off feeling good going down, to be honest with you. And it's just cold, you know. Right. Oh. It's just, you know. But, you know, the nice thing was I had my new trailer. So it wasn't, it wasn't stressing my back out. How'd that new trailer ride? It rode awesome. And that snow and sleet, and it was just, it was snowmageddon. It was, it was. I mean, it was like 275 was one lane, you know. All, all the way... It was one lane all the way through where 75 and 71 splits. It sucked. And that, that, that thing tracked down there pretty good. It did, man. I mean, it probably should have been out in the snow with the trailer. But, you know, I made it. No but you got to get down there. God I mean, how else are you going to get your, you know, how else would you get the Hobie down there? Yeah, you wouldn't. You gotta, no, you can. You got to perform. You got to do it. You got to get down there. You know, I mean... That's a big show. So, buddy, man, ooh, man. So, for the first time, I got so caught up in it, I was getting like sick at the stomach. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this first time. You know, you have friends that are out there performing in these big time shows and stuff like that. These tournaments, you can get excited for them. Uh, but boy, I really got nervous for you this time. Oh my God. So I had no idea, though, the story behind it, which I'd like to hear a little bit about you catching all the multi-species down there and stuff like that, but, um, and your pre-fishing and stuff. I want to talk also about some the sponsors and let's tie them into some of what went on down there. And, uh, the Torquedo, how's that thing get you around that place and what did you use? And you were catching like Japanese submarines down there. God. It, it was, I I'm, I I just can't even uh, pretend to say I didn't like it, man. It was just a blast. It really was. I was able to go out and just hammer everything I could find, man. And it was just, you know, and the thing about the torpedo when you get down there, you can go to these 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 you can go to one ramp and go and cover giant areas for pre-fishing. Right? You know, you just run around with it. You can use it, and then you're not even and you're not even worn out at the end of the day. Which is great, uh, because you're doing it day, you're doing it every day, you know what I mean? So when you're down there for three days for pre-fishing, man, you know, those are really long physical days, you know, where the motor can take some of that off of you, and you can get to cover a huge amount of areas, and man, I, I went up the Flint River, and I'd come over these little depressions, right, in like 20 feet of water, man, it just outside bend, man. I mean, just screaming largemouth, man. Just screaming them, man. A little, just a little depression, and you see, bing, 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 Oh, my bing. Lord. Perfectly, just a little off the bottom, just one here. A few feet later, another one. Oh, they looked like 20 inches, every single one of them, and they were, man. They were like 18 to 20 inch. <laughs> And, and they were they were amazing, Man. the biggest perch I've ever caught in my life. Wow. I mean, just absolute 
specimens. Every single one of them, man. I'd cruise up the river a quarter mile or so. And uh, I'd come along another hole outside bed, man. Bing, bing, bing. Perfect largemouth. So they set up the same way. They were. Perch will set up the same. I don't know. Just kind of stack up is what they do, right? Just well, these weren't even stacked up. They were like one on the bottom, and then you'd go a few feet and another one in these holes, just like a largemouth would, man. When I go over like a hole, if I see a solitary mark, and then a few feet later, another solitary mark, and then a, another one, man, that's largemouth to me. That just screams largemouth. And they were perch. And I don't really know hardly anything about perch fishing. Right. Actually, I know nothing. I know zero about it, man. They like a blade bait. They like a lipless. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> they were just chomping on it. Oh, man. It was one out. Fun to oh, catch? Yeah. Yeah, they fought pretty good. They fought like a bass. And you thought you had a 20. I, I did. Every single one, I'm like, oh, oh, this oh. is a good one. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And then you'd see it yellow. I'd be like, wow. <laughs> wow. Mustard. Oh, man. Oh. And, it, and it was just, I spent like three hours doing that. Wow. I just got caught up in it because I mean I was I don't want to say it was every cast but it was it was so consistent you go over the spot on a blade bait too it was fun man it was just like regular fishing so I want to believe that you know my mother would always say that there's a reason for everything and probably the spirits to be put you there kept you busy kept you tuned up kept you thinking because they know if you were over there actually fishing the hole where you ended up finding the fish you would have wore them out and probably wouldn't found them the, on the day you needed them something man I mean I think I, I think it's right that, I mean these things are like journeys man and every part of it there is something to it man there's something to every part of the journey man. And, and that's what this was this was a crazy journey man just, just getting down there and it taking six and a half hours instead of four, you know, just that in of itself was a journey. <clears throat> and then the, the temperature, dealing with the temperature down there and have, you know, I've never done that for a bass tournament, like worn all my winter gear. I've worn most of my winter gear, but never like suiting up for the 20 degree weather, you know, and this one you did, man. So there was just so many like just epic kind of struggle things that were going on and you know and the funny thing is is that launch is where Lambert launched there's a lot of people launched from there wasn't there there was I, you know and, and, and I don't I'm not saying where it was or anything but you know it's just funny right because you know and, and I and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I fished the exact same area pre-fish wise that Lambert did but I mean I didn't get a freaking bite there man that was black bass i got a big muskie i got some drum i was catching perch left and right now the thing was i had it in my head there that they'd be a little deeper you know and even though i looked shallow and fished a little bit shallow i wasn't spending a lot of time shallow and the reality of this tournament was the fish were shallow like you know some of them were stupid which is really bizarre. Why with do the you water think? Temperatures. What? I think these Tennessee bass just don't know better. <laughs> right? They're just like, it's not going to be cold for a week. Right. We're not going to back, you know, because like, if this was here, right, 
I, you know, where my where I found my bass it was like it was the first hole right next to the spawning flat. Right. So they were either in that hole waiting to go, or they were up on there and pulled back to the hole. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I would think they'd be one step back from there. Right. They'd pull out to the next deeper hole that's comfortable for them to sit. You know, but it's I just don't. They just don't know better. They just don't know better, man. Or. or <laughs> or the moon phase, or whatever you want right. to say. You know, they're wild animals. This is this is one of those things that's like so important to be adaptable in this sport, right? Yes. Yeah. Because these wild animals, they don't care what we think, right? What you want, you know, what your needs are. That's a yeah. That's a way there. They're just doing wild animal things. So. um Torquedo, man, that was a heck of a journey right there. So you definitely, you know, if you want to take a journey like that, you should put a Torquedo on your kayak. I can't wait to get one. Man, I cannot wait. I know it changes a lot of things, so that's for sure. It opens it up. So every once in a while you see someone come out of nowhere and um, perform in one of these tournaments. And it's... It's definitely not, I've learned that lesson, it's definitely not a sport where you're going to go out there and hammer and do that all the time. Oh man, I'm just going to go out there. No, you're not. It's just not going to happen that way. How, and I guess Unless you're I'm Russ just, Snyder, I mean. Right, right. If you're Russ Snyder, that right. happens, but everybody else, <laughs> no, not so much. Man. Right. <laughs> well, there's, there's, it's just one of them sports where there's so many hidden variables to it um, that you have to be that Russ Snyder to figure out all of those hidden variables when to apply them and Kurt buddy you're working yourself up into that top 10 or 15 or 20 of those anglers that are very consistent in figuring out those hidden variables and damn, to go down there and to, I guess, quote, put it, work in that nuclear of a bomb, Watts Bar Lake, <laughs> in conditions like this, and be one of only three to limit out both days, out of that stack of anglers that signed up to do that. Yeah. Man. That's amazing. At the awards, when AJ was talking about it, I was just like, what's he talking about? Is he talking about this event? You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I was just, I was, I was completely shocked, man. I was completely shocked. I thought, you know, because I don't spend a lot of time looking at the leaderboard hardly. You know what I mean? I almost have to be text messaged by someone, you know, usually Mitchell telling me what I'm doing. And I usually have to ask him, you know, because I just, you know, I'm fishing, man. I'm just not going to stop fishing. And it was, uh, yeah, it was... Because if it's going to work out, it's going to work out. Yeah. You just got to keep fishing. You just got to do your best. Right. You know, if you do your best, you know, that's just it, man, you know. And, that, and that's one of the things about, like, enjoying the journey. It's, like, just so incredibly important. Because then no matter how the fishing goes, if you just had the time in your life with good people, dude, the fishing will then be a bonus. Because you've already had such great memories made hanging out with people that when you do well or you don't do well, it just 
meal of fishing's a bonus. Yeah, right on. You know? Yeah. I think that's important to remember, man. I just... And that's how this whole trip was, man. It was just like, man, I get down there, I have dinner with uh, Jake, ha- you know, Jake Hashmere and uh, Harshman, excuse me, Harshman, and uh, man, you know, we're just laughing, you know, and <laughs> just being rude to each other. I mean, Did you guys find an Airbnb or something down there? No, man, I didn't, I couldn't hook up with anyone for an Airbnb, like a house normally, like I normally would, and I ended up getting, uh, spending way too much money on that hotel. What kind was it? It's a Holiday Inn Express, man. It was. It's, it's, I, I ain't gonna lie. It was. It was. It's like one of the nicest places I've right. seen. <laughs> Had a little continental breakfast there for you. They Shout did. Out. It was awful though. Really? Oh. Because of COVID, you know. I mean, they oh. couldn't have like the. It was like pre-made sandwich. Because oh. normally those places will have eggs, right? Cereals, waffles, mm. waffles. Yeah, man. It's, look, it's a couple frosted flakes and little boxes. <laughs> stuff. Dude, I did too. You get yogurt down there, oh, you get yeah. it all, man. Pack it up and you throw that stuff in your kayak. You're ready to rock and roll for a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, they'll pay for it all day. <laughs> you know, which is the way. So you were in the Holiday Inn Express down there. And uh, um, did you guys pre-fish together? You just kind of split it up? Or kind of uh, how did you work that out? You know, because that's kind of a conversation as to, hey, where are you going to... Man, I'm I'm pretty open with most people, like, where I'm going pre-fishing. I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, if if you really want to find out, you just drive around. It's not going to be hard to be like, oh, there's Kurt's car. You know, I mean, it's, so, I mean, you know, I just don't really care because you got to catch them. Right, that's true. You know, I'm not going to sit there and broadcast, hey, man, I figured all this stuff out and I'm right here. But at the same time, man, I mean, hell, at this tournament, even after, so, you know, I, I went to the spot first, on the first day, after going to the Flint, I'm like, well, I'll go to this other place. They were the two places that I thought looked awesome. So I go to this other spot, which is right Ray Springs, uh, boat launch, I go there. There's all these creeks that go up, right? Uh, submerged creeks, like six of them. I mean, there's just tons of them there. And, and there's all these flats at the end of each one of them. So I'm like, well, you know what? Somewhere on one of these, there's going to be a bass from 30 feet to one of those flats. Somewhere in these creeks, you know? And on top of those creeks, there were roadbeds everywhere with bridges oh, and submerged. So I'm like, and dude, the, and the roadbeds there... So distinct. Oh. When, oh, when you came over across them on the fish finder, some of them even had the guardrails up. So, yes. and, and I never saw a single fish out there. You know, it's a little bit deeper water. But you know, I, I just, you know, I worked up one of those creeks. And I just kept on going up with the best looking one, and it ended up in this really tiny marina that had two boat docks in it. And in between those boat docks, it was like eight to ten feet. And underneath the boat docks, it was like six feet, and then it went up to three feet on the other side. And you could see that there were some beds up in the sandy areas. Not a lot of beds yet, but you could see that there were some beds going on up there. Um, so, and I marked fish, but you know, I only caught one fish that day. I couldn't get him to bite. You know? I just caught that one black bass. So then I go on the rest of the week, and I continue on to catch a big giant catfish. Oh. And, 
I, I, I smash on some big walleye. Well, what I call big walleye. I mean, they get much bigger. I mean, I caught some walleye for... I mean, I, I was just having a good time. And then it gets down the last day. And the last couple hours starts rolling around. I'm like, God, man. I, shit, man. Uh-oh. I better do something. You know? How many drum did you catch? <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, that wasn't even that many. You talked to some other people, and they were wearing them out. <laughs> and honestly, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. This, this drum down there were probably the healthiest ones I've ever seen. Wow, yeah. And they were monsters, and they were aggressive. Those were the most aggressive bites were those drums. So you, you were working out those St. Croix rods. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that's got to be good to work all those species of fish through those rods to know what they feel like. Because they all feel different, don't they? They do, man. They do, and you can get distinct differences on them for sure, man. Like you, when you get when you got those big drums, I never thought I had a big large mouth on. I was like, this has to be a drum. They're just like, Ugh. well, because it's, it's a it's a a one thump. It's never a two thump, man. And they and they almost they, they start get, they start pulling a little bit, almost like a hybrid, but not nearly as long and not nearly as hard. It's more down. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's cool catching them all. I, mean, I had a blast catching them. I ain't gonna lie, man. I had fun. I mean, I spent hours doing it. But, but on that last day, <clears throat> oh, you know, I was just thinking about the shad and the shad kill that was happening, and I was just like, man, I, you know, I was like, man, and I saw this one pack of those bass pro uh, squirming shad. I throw on the river, you know, it's like my go-to little river, river bait. It's smaller than three inches. And I'm like, man, I, I just, I think that's going to work back there. So I load up in my car, and I'm, I'm on the other side of the lake, drive back down to Ray Springs, load up. I mean, I'm running out of time to pre-fish. I'm just getting to the cutoff, so I get out there. Within an hour, I had five fish. Okay. Hallelujah. So I just what stop. What is going on? I just stop, and it's just, and, and it is, and it, it is so much like fishing white bass here. You know, it's real. Is that the same technique that you have on your YouTube video? Yeah, I mean, I talk about uh, reeling it, and stopping it, yeah. Using that same thing? Yeah, exact same bait. My last two videos. This sounds cheesy and stuff, and self-promoting, <laughs> but you know the fact is, is those last two videos is exactly to the letter. Everything that's in those videos, I did, and it got me third place. Wow. You know, the one about where to find pre-spawn and yeah. spawn bass, and following creek channels up and looking for the rest stops, you know, with where, you know, there'll be these holes, and, and usually in a bend, that they'll be, they'll congregate, you know what I mean? They won't be moving through, they'll actually stop and rest there until the conditions are just right. Or they'll pull off, if they pull off the beds, it'll be one of those spots that they pull down to and they hang out there, you know, and those spots almost always have bass this time of year, too, and if you can find them, it's, you, you find the bass. Uh, now, you did, you made those videos before that. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely, man, this is before so this was, event, yeah. That was, you went I almost down. didn't, I almost didn't release the uh, swim bait video because I knew that's exactly I knew that was one of the things that would probably work really well. Right. Not necessarily that exact bait, but a small swim bait. 
But that exact bait I used is in the video, matching it up with the Picasso stuff. And again, man, so much of this for me this weekend, and it may sound weird, goes to the sponsors that, you know, you know, sponsors choose you and you have to choose the sponsor, right? I mean, it's a two-way street with them. And, you know, I'm kind of particular on who I work with, you know, and, and if I don't buy the product ahead of time, I won't work with them. You know I mean? It's just, I just, you know, everything I do, I want it to be very real. And man, this Picasso stuff is just, it's out of this world. Man. And, and how it pairs up with that small swim bait and getting that round Picasso tungsten weedless jig head that they have is just fantastic, man. The hook, the diameter of the hook is perfect. It's not like a super light wire, but it's not a heavy gauge. It's, it's just right for these hard bite situations. And that's what I had. I mean, I was lipping a lot of them. I was, I was skinning them. You know, so I, they were barely hooked. And it was so important to have that. The St. Croix rods, right? <clears throat> And everyone's like, oh, it's St. Croix, and you're talking $400. I'm talking about the sub $200 rods, right? You know, they are, I got one, and I got it as a backup, and I, I needed it, so I had it rigged up, and it did all the work. It did all the work. It did everything, man. It was, and it was in those... In this, <coughs> excuse me, Mojo Bass yeah. rods, man. So you're talking like 150 to 190 bucks, depending on you know what length and stuff you want. But I mean, you're talking about a really incredibly nice rod that's what I consider very affordable. You know, I know some people don't always like to spend that much on rods, and you know, and, and everyone likes has different expectations, but. In the world of eight hundred thousand dollar rods now, I consider a sub two hundred dollar rod to be a very uh, affordable, especially for a tournament fisherman. Right. You know, if you're on a budget because you are a tournament fisherman, you want quality stuff. The thing is, I won the national championship on one of them too. Yeah, you've been using the Mojo Bass for a long time. A long time. Is it man. the same rod? It's not the same rod. It's a spinning rod. I just got it, and I just got it for a backup and. Uh, because the one I've been beating on it for five years now, and I've, and I've been so mean to it, it finally said, you can't be that mean to me. <laughs> you know, and I don't blame it one bit, because it was, you know, shutting car doors, <laughs> right. it was closing the trunk, <laughs> exactly. It was that. drug under bridges, you know. So I needed to replace that one. And what that one is, is my small swim bait rod. Right. You know, that's what I use for that. What's, how, what's the length of that thing? It's just on a 610. Right. You know, and I use it because I can get that kind of like, I don't want it super long because so I can get that real precision cast out of it, you know. And if you put a uh, 20 pound line on there, braided line, I get that H strand stuff, you put that on there, you can launch a quarter ounce swim bait a half mile. Wow. You know, and feel it for a half mile too. And feel it, yeah, because these bites. When I say they were soft, I can't describe, like, how they were picking the baits up. I mean, that's what it was, and it was always on the fall. You reel it, let it fall and hit the bottom. Reel it, let it fall and hit the bottom. Reel it, let it fall and hit the bottom. Reel it, and 
you'd be like, that just feels weird. And you'd pull up and it'd be, you'd have weight on it and that'd be the finish. Oh my gosh. And it was the same thing in a, in a 30 by 30 area. Right. You know, that's all I was fishing was 30 by 30. It was just this one <laughs> depression. It was the last depression right. before the spawning flats. Is there anybody like around you? Zero Is people, man. I got that freaking ramp, man, in the morning, right? And day one. I think there was 40 people there. Oh, and you're like, oh, man. And I didn't think there was going to be anyone because oh. I only saw, like, two other people. when I pre- Both times I pre-fished to two other people. So I'm thinking, man, no one's going to be here. And I didn't talk to anyone who caught any fish out there, not a single person. And I get I get there in the morning, and I'm like, oh, jeez, oh, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, one of them has to know. They have to know. They have to. All these people, there's going to be four people there. You think they were all Tennessee license plates? And just maybe... There was a lot of Tennessee guys there, and there were some uh, some local guys there, and then there were some out town guys there. So they probably just shown up at the day now where they're going to go. Man, well, it's, it, it is a giant area, right? Mm-hmm. It's giant. There's tons, tons to yeah. fish there. So when we get there, I mean, I, I, I go into, like, oh. mountain bike. No one's beating me there, man. Right on. I am going for like four and a half, 4.7 miles an hour, and I'm doing that for like a half hour. I'm like, ah, I'm about to have a heart attack because I don't hardly ride my bike anymore, man. My face is burning up. I'm taking all my stuff off. I'm sweating everywhere. And I turn around, and there's absolutely no one. No one. I mean, no one. Not even remotely close. I can't even see him. I mean, that's like how far away they are oh at that point God. and how they just they like went a totally different way, right? Wow. I mean, just gone. Just completely. So you're heading up into the creeks. Is that where you were going? I knew exactly where right. I was going. I was going right back to where that marina is, right back to that depression, because it's the only place I found lighting fish. That's all I had, man. I was totally committed to that spot. Now, you were using your Torquita? No, because no. it was tournament time. Okay, yeah, if that's was, right. In the Hobie, you can't. You know, so that's why I was sweating, man. I was going bike so mode, man. Oh, yeah. You got the 360 on yours? No. You I'm, got the I'm, about to pick, I'm about to pick the 360 up, though. You are? Oh, yeah. From Strictly Sale, from Strictly up in Sale. Blue Ash on Kenwood Road. They are getting another shipment. Believe it or not, they already have over 100 kayaks there right now. They're getting a, another shipment of like 50 plus kayaks. Those guys have gone mad. Man, they're they're kayak fanatics. Right. Kayak fanatics. They saw that coming, didn't they? <laughs> they saw it coming. I think they saw this whole kayak thing just getting ready to explode. We're talking about Strictly Sail up there on Blue Ash, up in Blue Ash. Look them up. You can't miss them. That's for sure. So, man, you're hoping. How far did you travel? I think it was like two miles. That's a long time, man, going in that. It, it is, man. It, it doesn't oh, sound man. like a lot, but no. it is. It's a fair amount, man. You got a lot of weight yeah. on that uh, Hobie Pro Angler with equipment, don't you? I do, man. I'm a gear whore, man, and I, I'm i going to say it right now, man. I know that there's some minimalist people out there, and I am not bashing them by any means, but tournament fishing, you can't bring enough different lures. I brought. I just happened to have that white bass lure. I would normally never bring that bass fishing. I have other three-inch lures right. that are a little bit bigger than it that I throw, right? And I threw them. 
I got zero bites on it. It was just that one lure. And you had to go digging for that, didn't you? Was Down it, in the archives of the... It was in the bottom of my bucket, man. It was just left over from white bass fishing. I just, it was just laying in the bottom, and I just threw bass stuff on top of it. Now, at that time, are you just, like, feeling like I'm going to try anything? And let's just throw this on there? Or was you thinking about it going, wait a minute, where is it? I got one of them. You know, when I saw it, something clicked. I was like, man, I think maybe they'll eat that. Because when you <laughs> saw the small shad, it was... I was like, oh damn, it's just like Now, is this the shad that are dying off and that you're no, seeing? Those or are the ones that are staying alive. Right, okay. Right. And I, and I tried mimicking the dying off ones, and man, I wasn't having any luck. No one else I knew was having any luck. You know, everyone I talked to wasn't having any luck doing that. Like, using a blade bait, right? right. Finding those schools and dropping that blade bait below them and trying to get the bass on them. No one was having luck doing that that I heard about. And, and, doing all the, all this typical dying shad stuff you know I have some uh, shad, shad style baits that are flat sided on Texas rig they're not paddle tails on Texas rig and I'll drop them down at the bottom and then and you just pop them around like they're dying shad no luck on those no luck on the lipless crank I mean I just have zero luck on that stuff but I thought yeah he was marking enough fish back there I was like man I just think they will and then when I went back and I caught those five that gave me some confidence but I was still like are they gonna bite tomorrow did you have a nice inning nice keeper in them fives did you see anything that was like holy spagmole are these a bunch of cowan fish yeah there's a cowan fish there there wasn't any big fish back there you're in Watts Bar too you're within that TVA system you're thinking you gotta pull something out come on yeah yeah you know I was just I'm just at that point I was like, if I just get a limit, right. I think I'll do well. If I can get a limit for two days, I'll do well. That's what I was thinking. And it was tough, man. I want to say it was easy. Even though I caught the life, my limit in the first two hours, and I didn't make a few upgrades after that, it was not like every cast. It was, if you didn't have the exact right cast, it took me a little while to figure it out that there was these key bushes and, and cement blocks crazy like, like two and a half feet high three feet high cement blocks that were in the water and figuring out how the fish were relating to those and this pipe there was also a pipe in the water and how they were related to the pipe wow that's amazing how I mean was it uh, did what Mitchell you said did mm-hmm. Mitchell call you up and tell you within the first like uh, you know couple hours that you were blowing it up on the on the leaderboard or yeah he was he was cheering me on and, and <laughs> there were so many people at home because i mean it's, it's starting to become a spectator sport yeah, absolutely right it really is and yeah you know i can't wait to see someone put just a little uh, and i hope it's aj who does it puts just a little bit more of live feed stuff you know I don't know I don't know how you would do that you'd have to pay someone with a drone or, or in a boat or something I, I, yeah, it's all money it's all money stuff but God if you could just add in a little bit more yeah. with the Turniacs and his live and his yeah. updates yeah you know if you could just put just oh man it, yeah. would, it would really help keep people's attention I absolutely yeah. agree I absolutely agree my, that. my phone was blown up even on day that's one. That's got to be just in... Oh. Even on day one, man. I turned the ringer so you gotta off. you got to turn it off, right? Do you, do I you have to turn the ringer off. I have to turn the ringer off. I can't constantly... 
I, I, I put the blinders on, man. There's no doubt. If, if people who know me, yeah. I get obsessed when I when I want to do things that are competitive that I really focus in on. I'll, I'll pretty much push everything else in my life aside. Just right down to the razor edge. Right. You know, I'll put that focus right on it. Which is which is an asset sometimes, and sometimes it's negative, but it it, uh, it works out for this stuff, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely onto something with the Hobie Bass Open Series. AJ does wonderful commentaries and fee and uh, updates. He's really good at that. Uh, he's got the best looking beard in show business, <laughs> and uh, so he's got a, you know the you know the face for it. Uh, and the and the talent is there to entertain. Yeah. And you're right about the end. I got a kind of chills up my spine when you said that it's becoming a spectator sport because this one for the first time, really for me, I was like, man, glued to that thing like the Daytona 500. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is getting oh my god. And then they turn the leaderboard off, and then all pandemonium breaks. Oh yeah. You know, it oh, just yeah. becomes horrible, gut wrenching, just nerve wracking. And and. They had uh, some issues with the live, uh, the live, doing the live awards, you know, because the internet there wasn't very good. So that, you know, made people a little more anxious too. It took it took them a little while longer to upload it, you know, instead of throwing it out there live. Right. You weren't having 2017 flashbacks, were you? No, no, not at all. It was handled. It was all handled really well, man. We were. The nice thing was is that we were done. This may sound weird because you know. We were done early enough that I could drive. Just I could drive home. You know, we were done where I could get home before midnight. Right. You know, which you know, some people are like, well, don't you want to hang out? And it's like I do, but after being gone for a week, it's like I do want to get home. It is nice to go home and sleep in your own bed. You know. Well, this is you know, this is becoming. This is obviously a sport you're passionate about. And you still are. You can tell by the way you talk about it and stuff. But man, you're getting down to business. You know, you're getting this. You're getting down to business. And your business is: I'm going to take a few days. I'm going to go down there and pre-fish. I'm going to collect the check, and I'm going to come home because I got work to do when I get back home. And, <laughs> you know, I've done a few of these tournaments, so the you know hanging out a little bit longer, I'm not going to miss that out. You know. Well, you know, we can't have everybody together, too. So it's it's not like you're missing everything right. when you leave, you know. Um, and it's nice to and it's nice to actually be close enough to home for one of them for a change. So right. you can actually come home. Because, you know, a lot of them are 10 or 12-hour drives. I'm not doing that after. I'm not, I'm not getting done with the awards at, you know, 6, 7 o'clock and then drive 12 right. hours by myself. Right. Which you would be hanging. You would be hanging out. Having some pizza. Wait until the next day to get home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that's exactly how it goes. And I, and I actually prefer that because then you can get up super early, get on yeah, the road, good miss traffic, it. you know, and feel, yeah, feel good. And, you know, it's always fun yucking it up with your friends another night, too, especially when all the pressure's off. Because when everyone's trying to figure out fishing, you still have fun, but there's, there's extra tension in the air. So when it's all over with, that's all like, uh, just like it's just all, it's all done. Yeah. So uh, who's this Ewing Minor kid, man? 
Did you get the chance to talk to him? And he's, I mean, he's like certainly a cute kid award. He looks like he's like 12 years old. God, man, he's just been kicking. He's done two Hobie events, man. He's beat me both times. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's bad enough we have Jackson War, right? Now we got Ewing Minor. Um, and he's part of the dugout guys, you know, and he's friends with uh, the Cosas. You know, he was using the, their boats. One of their boats. Um, and, uh, Does he have a kayak of his own? Uh, I think a sit-in kayak. Yeah. Really? So he, he will, but he's going to have one real soon, isn't he? Gosh, he needs to buy one because he's won a few. He's won enough money to buy one. <laughs> so that's cool. I hope that he highlights that whole uh, college bass fishing stuff, man. That's coming to light. Yeah, it is. That's going to be neat. I'm really glad to see that because there ain't no money in cross country. <laughs> None. Well, you know, and, and the neat thing about bass fishing is that you can segue that into a career. And I don't mean as a bass fisherman. I mean as having industry contacts and doing the business side of it. Because let's face it, it's big business, man. Those companies need business people. And it doesn't hurt if you know fishing and you know business at the same time. Because he's getting a business degree, and it's like totally smart, man. You know, if he wants to go in the fishing industry, he'll be able to do that when he gets out of college, you know. ICAST is coming up. It is. Any plans for ICAST down there? Man, I'm, 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 I'm kind of holding back a little bit on ICAST. I'm not sure I'm going to go this year. Might hold back one more year. I hate right. to miss it again. It'll be a little funky. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to get see the faces. Yeah. Just the eyes. You know, it's, I think that whole, uh, uh, buildup of kayaks. If, if, if there was, if ICAST was on last year, kayaks would have blown the roof off of that place. Oh yeah. And, and the whole, this part of it. Um, so hopefully that kept going. I think so. A lot of unique, like Yak Gadget, neat companies like that coming up and doing things. But oh, for sure. But uh, yeah, man, you certainly need to be down there. You're gonna be a face that's gonna. I'm surprised St. Croix doesn't have you down there, just sitting up there and just shaking hands and kissing babies. Well, they got Christine. She's good for shaking hands and kissing Some babies. Yes, she is, she is man. <laughs> Big smile on hers, man. You're like, yeah, Christine. You know, the, and, and they got uh, Christine and Jamie and stuff, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Look how well they're doing. Look how well Christine's doing, you know, with the whole sponsorship and how she's promoting herself and stuff like that. I totally respect that. That's just, that's neat. It's neat to yeah. see others... You know, well, she's opening the that. door for a lot of other people. I don't think everyone appreciates what's happening, man, is that she's shown that kayak anglers can can do it, you know, and opening the door for other females and males, you know what I mean? It's just that she's a kayak angler that's able to do the promotion stuff, you know. So I'm hoping that does open up some eyes, man. I, w- I sure would love to see some more people that, you know, like Nissan that are outside the industry kind of, come in a little bit. And, right. You know, that's true. You know, and that, that's the next step, really, right? Right. You know? Getting a big automobile company in there supporting it? 
Yeah, or... Is that what you mean? Yeah, big automobiles or anybody, man. You know, you see, like, in the, in the boat fishing world, you'll see, like, motels and hotels sponsoring anglers and stuff, man. Right. You know, those guys don't necessarily have an in on... They're not part of the fishing industry. They're not, you know, and they're making... They're, they're seeing some value in sponsoring them. You know, we need to see stuff like that. Because the fishing industry, those guys are, let's just face it, man. They're being hit up by everyone 24-7, constantly. Give me something free. Give me something free. You right. know, the, 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 I don't, they don't, very few of them. You'd have to be in the top 1% to really get those guys to give you enough money to do something real. You know, so it's going to take stuff outside there. Like McDonald's, man, you know. You see that McDonald's sponsorship. Would you like a McDonald's sponsorship? Oh, I'd love one. I'd love McDonald's. Would you wrap your kayak up in the big golden arch? Absolutely. You would? If, they, if, they, if, someone, if someone stepped up with, with real support, man, absolutely, <laughs> man. You know, I'd put the golden arches on. You could have them on my jersey, man. That would, that, would look, that would look badass. That would, man. I mean, who doesn't like a Big Mac? There's a lot of kayak anglers that survive on McDonald's. Absolutely. Early in the morning, that coffee, that hash brown, that I'm an egg McMuffin guy. Me too. I'll go egg McMuffin, and that's all I need. I get my my large coffee there, uh, four creams, four sugars. It's one of the few restaurants that's open early enough for us anglers to get something hot to eat a lot of times in the morning. Yeah. You know. Pancakes. Uh, you ever done the pancakes? I haven't since I was them? a kid. No. Oh, dude, get the no. pancakes. You just get the pancake, the flapjacks, or whatever they call them, the flat cakes. Uh-huh. And you get them, and you just throw them up in the front hold of the Hobie, and just let them set. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, come lunchtime, <laughs> you take that syrup and just, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just food. Awesome. Man, it was so exciting to talk to you about the all of this, I really appreciate. Oh, I like your. You have such a different perspective and a spin on how you fish, and and I, I really enjoy listening to that kind of it. And that's why I've really become a big fan of yours because of that. Um, you're definitely a great teacher. So let's talk about your uh, your uh, videos real quick. Uh, we got about uh, a few more minutes on the podcast before they cut us off, but. Your videos, give us the contact on that because this is the same technique you used mm-hmm. in the Bass Open Series down at Watts Bar to get your third place. How many anglers were in that? 94 anglers. Man, there were 90, there was a lot of anglers got hit hard with the goose egg, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It, I feel bad. I feel bad when that happens. I, I do too, man. Honestly, I do not prefer tournaments go this route. I prefer them to go where everybody's catching fish, and it's a slugfest, you know what I mean? Because for one, people are in a lot better mood afterwards that they actually, you know, can actually catch fish, you know? But let's face it, man, we're now approaching the big times, and this is part of the big times, man, you know, is that sometimes you have to go out in the hardest situations, and it was probably among the hardest situations. It ties with one other event for me, that being Cave Run, that was as tough as that one, you know. And, and, and other than that, I've never been in a tournament so tough, man. 
It, it was wow. It was hard. When you see, when you see the numbers, it's wow. it's evident. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Is there a little like post-traumatic shock syndrome from it, or? Well, you know, I sat down and actually looked at the numbers, and it, it it's pretty stark, man. You know, it's, it's <laughs> it was tough. You can see how, and you can see it, and you can just see how right. tough it is. You know, I mean. When you're in third because you had a limit and some of your limit was 12 and a quarter fishes, you know, that doesn't feel like your normal win, you know, your normal top three placing. Your normal top three placing, you're like, oh, I got 90 inches of fish each day. Right. You know. But that's how it goes, man. I mean, you know, you have tournaments early. You can't control the weather. That's the thing. You can control the date, but once you fix the date, the weather is the weather. And gosh, historically, they're pulling in big bags down there at Watts Bar Lake during that time of the year, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be really good fishing, right? Big old nuclear-like creatures. <laughs> There's some weird nuclear waste stuff going on down there, man. There's, there were a lot of signs of do not eat the fish. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And someone's like... Yeah, you know where you were fishing? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, there's like some buried nuclear waste there. I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's up on the river. You know, they're not, you're not supposed to like even get in the water there. I'm like, no, you didn't pass a bunch of signs and you, that you maybe have, didn't notice when you took yeah. off by yourself that said, do not enter. <laughs> and everybody was like, hey. No, I didn't see any signs like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's hilarious. So you definitely got to use your catch board, didn't you? I did, man. I did. Which one you got? You see my new one there? The Catch X? The Catch X, I do, man. That is such a nice board. Emerald green? I love that Isn't color. that pretty? I love that color. I didn't realize I could use it as an anchor, too. That daggone thing's heavy. It's not that heavy. Come on. What is it? Three pounds? That's, well, I mean, look at the... Don't well, drop it in the water, though, because it'll still sink right It'll sink so fast. But, you know, look at, see, this is what I grew up on. Those. Yeah, you know, we all grew up on these. On the hog trough. You, you're right. It's it's yeah. heavier in the hog trough. But these hogs, it's definitely not as flexible. No, as it's trough. not. And you know what? After you sit there and you, and you, you really, you hold one of those and you look at it, the precision of how it's built and everything... American made, all that kind of nonsense. Man, I, I'm not going to go back. That's cool. I may have chosen a lighter one, though. Okay. Which one do you use? Well, I have, I just got an X in, and I will be using that most of this year. You got Kurt Smith's on it? Mm hmm. Nice. I do like that. So check those out. That's one of your sponsors. Yeah, yeah Catch is right. one of my big sponsors. You got that thing leashed up? Absolutely, man. Okay. Absolutely. Have you dropped it in the water yet? I actually I have dropped that in the water, man. <laughs> and it is never, you know, luck that he's never lost leashes and right. held it up. Um, but I didn't lose it, man. You did drop it in the water? And I was like towing. I didn't realize it. I was like towing it around. I was like, man, my boat's like steering on one side. You're kidding. And I was dragging it off the side. The leash was just holding it on. It was just up there in the water. That is why you have a never lost leash right there. It was probably bouncing off a structure down there. <laughs> you know, and, and it's one of the uh, other catches that are one of the first catches, so it's like really heavy. 
Thank God. There you go. That's exactly why you have that thing there. Yes, it you is. know. So, good job, man. Um, and uh, shout out any other um, uh, of your sponsors. You know, a big shout out to Fishing Online. I get all my stuff from those guys. You know, and they get stuff out quick. The Code Lithium, Yak Attack. Talk to much about everybody. Your Dakota Lithium, that thing power up that Torquedo enough to get you around and you don't have to worry about well, it. Well, the Torquedo uses its own battery. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the, that's, people don't realize how sophisticated the Torquedos are. They use a, a higher voltage mm-hmm. to run their motors. And so it's like a balance between voltage and the motor, you know, so they're not using a 12 or a 24 volt uh-huh. unit. It's not like a standard system. It's, it, they dial it in so much to get the squeeze out all that performance out of it, you know. And that's why you, it's hard it's to beat a torquedo, right. you know. It's because they, 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 it's not just throwing some pieces together, man. They built a whole system, you know, to maximize that efficiency. Because it's a small motor, man. Right. You maximize it. So you use your Dakota for lights, things like that. Yeah, my fish finder mostly. Nice. Yeah. Get a 23 amp hour man you can run just about anything on that thank you man appreciate it thanks man. for coming by the rock and star ranch thanks for having me over it's always a blast coming over here man what's the next uh hobie bass open series you're gonna do uh darnell darnell have you been there before i have man and, right and, and it kind of i'll be honest with you right now i haven't admitted this to a lot of people but it broke me Oh, last year. Oh, I will be honest, man. I was a few fish away from getting my limit, and right at the end of the day, man, I had my limit plus to the side of the boat of good fish. Oh, and I couldn't, and and each of one of them fell off. Oh, and that's after, and, and it, since I didn't get my fish that day, my limit that day. It wouldn't matter how good I did the next day. It wouldn't behoove me any in anger to your points. And I let that, all that, all, both those things, like, weigh on me, and I just left. I should have stayed and fished that next day. But, you know, that's the funny thing. This is all part of becoming a better angler. You know, it's having that experience, recognizing that I kind of pushed it, and I really should have stayed. Because we're going back this year. I could have gone to someplace totally new and used my time down there more effectively to learn the lake, you know, and figure something out a little bit better. You'll probably enjoy this journey back to Darnell a little bit better this time. I'm psyched for it. Your mind's going to be a lot different now because of that. Yeah, I'm super pumped, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, every year it's like you learn something new and, you know, you get a little bit mental, more mentally tough, and you figure out where you're weak, and, you know, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go to Darnell in, in the spring. It's just supposed to be, oh my gosh, big fish, you know, it's supposed to be a lot of big fish, slug <laughs> fest is what I'm hoping for. I can't wait. Hey, check out the, uh, for our own uh, local big fish tournaments, check out Cincinnati Kayak Fishing tournament schedules out right now get signed up check out uh join up cincinnati kayak fishing join membership stuff that puts you in the angler of the year 
uh, points, and uh, that's just fun. Just come and show up, man. You never know how you do at the end of the year with Angler of the Year points. You know, big part of it's class participation. It's fun. Yeah. And it's, it is a blast, man. <laughs> it's a good crowd because you just never know when someone like Kurt Smith's going to show up, you know, up there at Cowan Lake, you know. Good seeing you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for really having me appreciate out. appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much. Big shout out to my sponsors, American Tackle, makers of the microwave line control system. The future of fishing is in line control. How's that sound? That's awesome. That I good? love that, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, from John Graves Kayak Fishing. So long, and uh, we'll see you out there on the water. Say so long, Kurt. So long, everybody. See you guys.